Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. We did start our series last week, didn't we? Pop my first slide up for me, guys. Um, so yeah, we looked at habits, didn't we? How are we doing with our habits? Yeah. Like one of you was honest about your bad... Oh, Chris, yeah? Marble cake sales have plummeted. Have they? <laughs> marble cake sales have plummeted. I did confess my marble cake addiction, uh, but now I'm over that. I'm on something else. No, um... <laughs> We looked at this, didn't we? We looked at the Q routine reward cycle of habits and how we said the important thing was actually what's the Q, what's the start button for you when you run that routine uh, and what's the reward that you're getting? Um, we looked at putting ourselves back in the driver's seat. Rather than sleepwalking into bad habits, uh, we said how can we put ourselves back in the driver's seat so that actually we're taking control again. So hopefully some of you have done that, you've thought about your habits and hopefully you've put yourself back in the, um, back in the driving seat and the chance to think about is this habit beneficial or is it not? Well, today we're going to talk about detoxing our thoughts. And this really builds on the back of, of the habit talk uh, last week. Um, where do your thoughts exist? They exist in your minds, don't they? They're in here somewhere. This is where your thoughts are. Your mind is defined as the element of a person that enables them to be aware of the world and their experience, to think and to feel the faculty of consciousness and thought. And so that our thoughts, it's kind of the bit that we think is us, don't we? We kind of think we're in here somewhere, don't we? Yeah? Just think about yourself for a second. You're in here somewhere, aren't you? You're in, you're in here somewhere. Uh, the bit that's you, your, your mind, your thoughts. And we're, we have this ability as humans to, um, to be self-aware. So we kind of can step back from ourselves and be aware of ourselves. And we can think about our thinking, which kind of makes us quite unique uh, in the animal kingdom. We can be a, a spectator of ourselves, we can be an admirer of ourselves, we can be a, a critic of ourselves, we can step back and we can take a long, hard look at ourselves and think about what we're thinking about. We also have some other abilities as well. We, can, we have the ability of humour, appreciation of beauty, awareness of death, which isn't always helpful, understanding of time, we have an understanding of the passage of time, and we have uh, a moral character. All these things exist in our minds and our thoughts, and many of us I haven't had a chance to list on there. So we set ourselves apart from the rest of the animal kingdom because we, can, we have these things going on inside our heads. But also, we have a spiritual component, which I think sets us apart as well, which we're going to talk a bit about in a moment. So your mind exists in your brain. Now, I was going to try and bring a brain today, but I couldn't find one. So, so I found a picture instead, a nice picture, not a squishy picture, because brains are quite gross, really. They're like three pounds of soft jelly, like blancmange. Mmm, I know. The brains that you tend to see in biology labs, they're kind of pickled and hard, and they've gone like walnuts. But your real brain, it's like it's very soft and floppy, and that's why it's encased inside a hard thing called your skull, to protect it. And that's where your mind and your thoughts dwell. They dwell inside this weird lump of jelly called your brain. And people used to think and struggle with that. They thought, well, how can this lump of jelly, have you in it? How can you exist in just this, this lump of jelly, this, these neurons and synapses? How can you be there? And um, in history, people struggle with the thought of you existing 
inside your brain. They often thought you existed in your heart. That was easier to understand. You existed down here somewhere rather than up here. There was a German mathematician. There he is. He's called Gottfried Leibniz. And he was thinking about this, about, about psychology and, uh, and maths. And he came up with the analogy of Leibniz's mill. And he thought your brain was a bit like this. If you could look right deep down inside your head, you'd see all these cogs and, and whirs and gears. And this would be you, like this little tiny machinery going on inside your head to produce you. And uh, he wasn't a million miles away from the truth. Obviously, we're not like a million side. We have all these incredible connections inside our head. But people struggle with the thought that, that stuff could produce you, that you could be made up of these bits and pieces. And they ended up with dualistic thinking. Where they thought, well, maybe the spirit dwells somewhere else. It doesn't dwell in your brain. It must dwell somewhere else. But now we know that our mind and our brains are intimately linked, aren't they? If we suffer a, 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 an accident or damage to our brain, then our personality can be affected. I had a friend who fell off his bike and he hit his head on the curb and for a year, his personality was different. He became very aggressive and very angry. And it wasn't until a year later that as his brain began to heal, he, be, he said, I feel much more like my normal self. And so damage to our physical brains can really alter our thoughts and our minds. But what we found out more recently, what can equally alter our thoughts and our minds, is how we think. How we think and what we think is really important to our mental health. And that's what I want to focus on today. It says in uh, Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So this is talking specifically about your mind. The, the word mind is translated from many different words in your Bible. But here it's literally just saying, this is in here, your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this can only happen through the person of Jesus. Jesus is the one who does the transforming and the changing. When Jesus walked the earth 2,000 years ago, he was physically just like us. He was alive, he had a body, he had three pounds of mushy brain inside his head. He was physically present. But the difference between Jesus and someone who hasn't met God is that Jesus was physically and spiritually alive. He was physically and spiritually alive. Before we come to Christ, we are physically alive, but we're spiritually dead, the scriptures tell us. And so when we come to Christ, when we receive Christ, we accept his love and his grace, his lordship, then we're made alive in our spirits as well is in our physical bodies. He said in John 10.10, 10, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And so Jesus makes us spiritually and physically alive. So I want you to think about your mind for a second this morning. Okay? I want you to close your eyes. Okay? You're quite safe. I'm not going to come and pinch you or anything like that. So just close your eyes and imagine your mind <coughs> as a room. Think about your mind as a room. Have a look around the room of your mind. What are some of the things that are present in the room of your mind? As you look around, what are some of the things that you can see in there? There might be things that have been there a long time. There might be new things in the room of your mind. There might be things that you really like or treasure. There might be things that you're not so happy with as you look around the room of your mind. There might be some toxic things in the room of your mind that are occupying space that you don't want there. 
So just visualize that room. Okay? Okay, so open your eyes again. I'm going to use some, some visuals today to try and help think about some of these things that can be taken up space in the room of our minds and help us think about how we might uh, renew them. So the first one I've put up here is a picture of a rocking chair. Now, the rocking chair to me, it represents toxic hand-me-downs. Okay? Toxic hand-me-downs. These are thoughts, memories that are in your mind from your family or your upbringing or your, your, your situation when you were younger. And this rocking chair is kind of sitting there in the room of your mind, and it's negative. It's carrying stuff over from your, from your family or from your upbringing. It's just sitting there in the room of your mind. And it just sits there, and it reminds you of the things that went on in your family. It reminds you of negative influences or negative situations. And it's kind of ugly. It's kind of not pleasant, but it's there. It's been there a long time. It's kind of always been there. And it's just kind of sitting there in the corner. So maybe you've got a rocking chair of negative hand-me-downs sitting in your mind this morning. Or maybe you've got one of these, a bad self-portrait. A distorted image of how you think you look. And you go back to this portrait time and time again as a reference. When you want to remember who you are and what you look like, you go back and you stare at this portrait on the wall and it kind of reminds you of who you are. But the problem is it's not a true representation. It's a distortion. It's not who you really are. It's like one of those fairground mirrors that kind of bends you out of shape. But it's your reference point. It's always been your reference point and it's how you think you look and it's how you think you are and it's how you think you appear to other people. Perhaps you've got a bad self-portrait hanging in the room of your mind this morning. Or maybe you've got one of these, a really battered old sofa. It's comfortable, but it's ungodly. <coughs> it's the place where you go and crash. It's the place where you go and chill out. It's the place where you go and feel entitled. It's the place where you just slum it. It's this really battered, comfy old sofa. But if you look down at the cushions, you'd see it kind of stinks. But it's the place that you go to because it's comfortable and it's familiar and it's your space, and it's the place you're going to go and crash on. And sometimes it's the bad attitude sofa. And sometimes it's the self-justification sofa. And it's the place you can go and stew. You know, when the world's bad and having a go at you and people don't understand you, it's the place you can go and feel entitled and justified, and you crash on the bad attitude sofa. Maybe you've got one of these, an old piano and for me, this old, out-of-tune piano, it, rec- it represents strongholds that seem just too big to shift. They've always been there. They're always going to be there. No way can you manhandle the stronghold of this huge piano on your own. And so it's just going to sit there and take up a great big amount of space in the room of your mind. It's just going to sit there, unmovable and unmanageable. It's like it kind of mocks you because it's always been there. And how are you going to shift it? Maybe you've got one of those in the room of your mind this morning. Or maybe you've got some graffiti on the walls of your mind. that kind of been scrawled there. Some lies, some distortions, some things you've believed about yourself, some things you've believed that others have said over you. But they're kind of decorating and spoiling the walls of your mind. 
And for me, these, rec- these represent demonic attack. When the enemy comes and tries to get his lies to stick, it says in Scripture that Satan is the father of lies. And he also says in Ephesians that he fires flaming arrows at us. And the, and the purpose of a flaming arrow was to stick in a wooden shield and set it on fire so that the shield became useless. And if the enemy can put thoughts in your head that stick and burn, they can have a terrible detrimental effect on your mental well-being. Because they could just sit there and there can be lies that kind of banners over your life. Distortions. Now, my list of furnishings is only just some things I thought about. You might have a lot of other uh, images or things that you think about that are helpful to try and understand what's going on inside your head. How can we deal with some of these toxic thoughts, some of these toxic furnishings that sit uh, in our mind? Well, I want to talk to you about a technique that's really helpful, and it's similar to the technique we talked about last week. It's to, you can strain your thoughts, okay? So in the good old days... We made tea like this, didn't we? Do you remember? Before tea bags, we used to have a tea strainer. No one had a tea strainer. I'm I'm really old, okay. And you had some tea in a tea caddy. Yes, and you put the tea in the teapot, and then you let it stew, let it steep, depending on where you're from, and then you poured it out. But you needed a strainer. Why do you need a strainer? Because otherwise you'd have a cup full of tea leaves. Exactly. And what we can do with our thought processes, we can begin to think about straining our thoughts. What do we allow into our minds? What do we allow our thoughts to dwell on? And we put in place something like a tea strainer. Because your mind has the ability to kind of filter what comes into it. It has the ability to think about what you're thinking about. You don't have to let... Things come into your mind unfettered. You don't have to give them uh, just open access. You can begin to think about what you're thinking about, where your thoughts are dwelling. And when you do that, you begin to strain your thoughts. You begin to put yourself back in the driving seat, just like your habits. And it's got two, two parts to it. Practice thinking about what you're thinking about. Anybody do that? You must do. Do you find yourself dwelling and reflecting on what you're thinking about? Or is life just so chaotic you never stop and think about anything? (coughs) We all at times stop and reflect and think about what we're thinking about. And I want to encourage you to make it more of a practice, more of a discipline to practice thinking about what is my mind currently dwelling on at the moment? What am I reflecting on? What am I meditating on? Practice thinking about what you're thinking about. And then... You can make it a mental discipline to stop and examine the thoughts that are coming into your mind before you allow them to become part of you. Because what science has found out now, that thoughts can become physical structures in your head. Which is crazy, isn't it? A thought that you dwell on and just keep mulling over can actually become a physical part of you. Your brain will weave synapses and neurons and form a structure around that thought. So a negative thought can become a physical part of you long-term. Yeah? And so it's really important to reflect and think about what we're thinking about, making it a mental discipline to stop and think about it. Then also, demoting 
old toxic memories or negative patterns of thinking, getting rid of them and getting in new positive thoughts and new positive ways of thinking. It says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So once again, the Bible way ahead of neuroscience. Okay? We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What Paul is saying is we catch those thoughts and we say, does this conform to God's will, God's character, God's pattern, or does it not? Do I want to take it or do I want to reject it? And so we don't just allow thoughts to flow through our minds unchecked. We all do that, don't we? We all just let stuff just come in, just come in, just like a river of stuff just coming into our brains. But your brain has a natural strainer designed to catch and strain the good from the bad. It's what helps you to put your, your thoughts and your memories into storage. What you don't want to do is you don't want to store stuff long-term that is not beneficial or helpful for you. Because those things are going to become part of you and have a negative effect on you. Anybody talk to themselves? Good. Talking to yourself is really good for yourself. Okay? It is. It's really good. Counselors say when you talk to yourself, it's really healthy. Because when you talk to yourself, you're externalising what you're thinking. You're kind, of, you're kind of taking an active stance about your thoughts again. Okay? Uh, if, if <laughs> you're all going, really? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Having a chat to yourself is really, you know, why, why am I thinking that? Why am I feeling that way today? Why am I thinking that about myself? Why am I, why am I doing that? That's really helpful to stop and catch the thought processes that are going on in your mind. Really, really helpful. It stimulates your brain into thinking about what are you thinking about? What is your mind drifting towards? Is it toxic? Is it life-enhancing? Where does my mind tend to go? Remember, you've got these neural pathways that are like well-worn roads. Where does my thinking tend to go to? Where do my thoughts tend to drift to? It's going to help you to make positive choices about your mental well-being. Because what you don't want is to create another piece of furniture in the, in the room of your mind that's not helpful. You want to clear that stuff out and get some positive furniture in there. And so like the tea strainer, we, we catch the thoughts and we examine them. Is this, is this what God would say about me? Is this what a friend would say about me? You know, if you're having a really negative thought about yourself, go and ask somebody, is this true about me? Is this, am I, am I, get a benchmark. Because often we just let these toxic thoughts come in and then become part of us. But you've got a chance to catch them. You've got a chance to strain them and prevent them from coming in to your mind. So your brain's got a part called the hippocampus, okay? This is like the lobby of your brain. It's like when you first come to Riverside, it's like the lobby, okay? And that's the chance you've got to kind of catch your thoughts. So a thought comes into your hippocampus and you say, okay, do I want you in or not? And you kind of catch the thought in that process. And you say, yes, I do. No, I don't. Some psychologists call it threshold thinking. It's a similar sort of thing. You know, am I going to let this thing come over the threshold into my thoughts, into my mind? Or am I going to stop it and say, no, I don't want you in? 
if you've got a toxic memory that you feel is deeply rooted in your mind, God can also come and heal that. God can renew you. God can restore you. God can deal with the pianos, the bad portraits, the family hand-me-downs. God can deal with all those things. He can come and renew you and transform you. So if you looked at those images today and you think, that's me, then get some help. Get some prayer. Get someone to come alongside you and pray into that particular thing that's in the room of your mind. So it's really important, guys, as we think about detoxing our minds, to practice this straining, this threshold thinking. One thing that doesn't help us in in current culture is what they call, I've got the name down here, it's called milkshake multitasking. We've convinced ourselves as humans that we can do 100 things at once. Well, guess what? Ladies and men, you can't. You were designed to do one thing well at a time. Okay? You kid yourself that you can do many things at once, but you can't. Okay? Your brain is, is serially processing what comes through it. And because it can do it at such a speed, it's doing it just in sequence. We're not parallel processors. We're not like Intel chips. We don't work that way. Okay? We're serial processors. And some of you can process many different things, and you'll do a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, but you're processing in sequence. Okay? And in our desire to be better multitaskers, better milkshakers, better, you know, we hold all these things in our head, we've got 15 devices on the go at once, and we're just doing it all, aren't we good? What's happening to our brains? We just throw it open the doors of our minds, say, come on, everybody, because I'm overwhelmed. The doorman to your brain has fainted because <laughs> he can't cope. He can't cope with a huge stream of information that's coming in, so he's basically he's taken that off or he's given up. And all this stuff flows into your brain unfettered. And we end up with issues. We end up with minds that are completely overwhelmed and just messed up in our thinking. It doesn't help us to be people who do this. We're designed by God to do one thing well at a time. And so I'd encourage you to really think about how you approach life and approach the different things that you do and put that doorman back on the door. So what, what, what you give your attention to to read, what you give your attention to to look at, what you give your attention to to listen to, whatever your focus is, that doorman's present and he's helping you filter what's positive or negative for you. Does that make sense? Because in a desire just to be all things to all people, we just fling the doors open and all this rubbish just comes in. And before you know where you are, it's made home in your mind. It's set up a pattern of belief or behaviour in your mind. It's built an Ikea wardrobe in the corner of your mind. It's set these things up and you're not even aware that they're there until patterns of negative thinking begin to come into you. And so we have to take control again of our thinking. We have to think about what we're thinking about and reflect and put that doorman back in. You know, where, where am I getting my information from? What am I focusing on? What am I dwelling on? And is that helping me build a healthy state of mind? It, it says in 1 Peter 1.13, prepare your mind for action. Prepare your mind for action. And so it's a discipline as a follower of Christ to have a mind that's alert and prepared for action. To, be, to train our minds to be thinking all the time about what it is we're facing, what it is we're doing. 
And I know life's hard and life's busy, and we have an awful lot to deal with now in modern culture. But more than ever, we need to train our minds to be alert and focused and responsive. And so we can welcome those positive thoughts and we can bar those negative thoughts. It's okay to, it's okay to, to read a negative article. But what you want to make sure is that something doesn't become part of you. You don't just allow it to come and dwell in you and set up home in you. I think it was Moody who said you can, can't stop a bird landing on your head, but you can stop it nesting in your hair. Well, I've completely stopped it nesting in my hair. <laughs> And what he meant by that was, you can't stop things coming, you can't stop thoughts coming, you can't stop information coming, but you can stop yourself letting those things become part of you and dwell in you. David said in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So as we thought, thinking about detoxing our, our thoughts and our memories and our that room of our minds, we can pray this prayer that David prayed. Search me, O God, I need help. Search me, I'm inviting you in. Come and have a look around my spiritual house and reveal to me stuff that needs to be dealt with. Reveal to me old bits of furniture, bad images, negative thoughts that need to be dealt with. See if there's any way that's offensive and lead me in the way everlasting. Come in and do a house clean with me, Lord, in the room of my mind. So I encourage you this week, just as you've been thinking about your habits, give some time to think about what you're thinking about. You know, set some time aside to come aside and just be still and get, put your devices away and turn your phone off and just sit and be still with God and say, God, help me with my thoughts. What, what do my thoughts tend to drift towards? Maybe I drift towards negativity. Maybe I drift towards a, a bad self-image. Maybe I've got fear. What do my mind tend to drift towards? And come and help me in the place of my thinking. You can speak out positive statements. You can furnish your room with new portraits. New bits of furniture. Romans 8.1. No condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Stick that on the wall of your mind. Okay? Put that one up. Okay? Get a f- it's, not, it's not in vogue anymore to memorise scripture. But it really is good because you can furnish the room of your mind with it. If you know it, you can be in there. You haven't got to find it on your device or look it up in your Bible. You can furnish the room of your mind. And David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that may not sin against you. But also, it was like like walking through a gallery for him. And he'd have all these different truths of God furnishing the room of his mind. So maybe just learn a few scriptures that can furnish the room of your mind and help you as a reference point. So find some time to get some space and to relax and to still yourself and practice thinking about what's going on inside your head. Let's finish with these words from uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 5. This is Paul speaking. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. So Paul's saying, this is what we do as followers. We, we use God's spiritual power to demolish strongholds of bad thinking. And we bring our minds under God's lordship, under his headship. And he's the one who rules in our thinking. Let's stand together.
Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.